Hello, everybody, and welcome back to That's So Random, a random movie podcast. It's election night, and we're doing this instead. I mean, we already voted, but I'm not going to just sit and watch the news. So we carry on. We're doing this. We, um, the heck was I going to say? Lost my train of thought. Every week, we, uh, Push the magic button. The magic button finds for us a movie completely at random and everything that's streaming. And this week, well, first let's introduce my guest. Chris Lambert's back, my brother. He appears to be my go-to guy for average to below average sci-fi movies. That's why I'm here. He was here for The Titan. He's back now. For Scorched Earth in 2018, I hope that you took copious notes because I have to confess to being a very bad podcast host at the moment because I got pretty good notes on the first 20 minutes of this movie. I got pretty good notes on the last five minutes of this movie. And everything in the middle is a blur. I've never checked out of a movie so fast in my life. It wasn't even like, it's terrible. It was just so... I started looking up things on IMDb to research the movie, and that became so much more interesting than anything that was happening on screen. <laughs> that I, the whole middle is just gone, and I thought, should I rewatch it? Nah. Life's too short. Well, luckily or unluckily, I, I did. I took lots of notes, and I, I gotta say, you didn't miss a lot. <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like it's the worst movie ever made, but it didn't seem like, no. man, it did it ever not hold my interest. And that's not, no, I mean, I'm pretty zoned in and locked in when I'm watching a movie, but this just. Yeah. I mean, stuff happened, but. <laughs> Some things happened. Boy, did they uh, point a camera at it, but. Yeah. Well, since I spent all my time on IMDb, I might as well get into that. It has a kind of interesting pedigree. It's directed by a guy named Peter Howitt, whose previous film credits include Johnny English. Yeah, I I was blown away by that. <laughs> I was like, really? This Sliding is the Doors. <laughs> Sliding Doors with Glenn Paltrow. Antitrust with uh, Ryan Philippi and Rachel Lee Cook. The Laws of Attraction, that rom-com with, uh, I think, Julianne Moore and Pierce Brosnan, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, and then this, this weird dystopian sci-fi sort of western. I guess it's not even fairly even sci-fi, but what a weird collection of films to have. I mean, good for him for not getting like stuck in one genre or spot or whatever but that's just that's a very strange list of films to all be by the same person (laughs) Uh, and it's written even weirder there's two credited writers one of whom is a guy named bobby mort who wrote 100 and some episodes of the colbert report (laughs) yeah so i don't know i don't even know what to think about that because this movie is not funny by any means. No. Not uh, even when it tries to be, which it didn't do very often, but... It didn't do very often. It's trying to be kind of dark and gritty. Um, 
The main star of the film is Gina Carano. Let's get into her for a minute. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I mean, I've liked her, and she was fine enough in Deadpool. She had like three lines of dialogue, probably. Mm -hmm. Kind of the perfect person to fight a CGI colossus. I, I don't even remember her from the Fast and Furious. I know she's in one of the Fast and Furious movies, but I, as soon as I watch them, they leave my head, and I never watch them again. So, and I know she was in that Soderbergh movie, Haywire, which I have not seen yet. I hear she's good in that. And she's in The Mandalorian, and she's fine. But I don't know. I mean, should we... Should there be a, a rule that just MMA fighters just shouldn't be in movies? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I've only ever seen her in things that I was watching for other reasons, like Deadpool and Mandalorian. Oh, I've certainly never gone, what's the new Gina Carter movie? <laughs> Finally. Like, especially now, you know, since she's... I, it's interesting, man. All of the worst people on the internet hated Cara Dune on The Mandalorian. Because it's, here's this woman in my Star Wars. Why is she so... <laughs> so the moment she started tweeting out dumbass MAGA bullshit about not wearing a mask and trans shit, I mean, transphobic shit, all kinds of stuff, now suddenly Cara Dune is the best character in the Mandalorian. She should have her own spin-off. He's safe. <laughs> so I don't... I I just have, I have no patience for her or any of these fucking morons. I don't know. I mean, I can separate somewhat a person's stupid politics from the stuff they do, but it's not like she's like, oh, I had such great respect and love for her body of work prior to this and now I'm devastated like I didn't really think before so losing her is not breaking my heart at all well, and you make a good point about MMA fighters because I mean, they keep trying to make Ronda Rousey an actress too and... well, okay in Chrono's <laughs> defense <laughs> a thousand times better actor than yes. Rousey who has no business being in front of camera no I like I casually watched nine one one on Fox and they, they wrote her into the show and like she was so unimpressive as an actress that they actually had to make an episode where her character does like underground street fights on the side. Well that's because the... <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised that's not every episode. <laughs> But who else even is there? Randy Couture was in what, Expendables or something, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. And I would say the same thing about, well, most pro wrestlers. A couple of them have managed to do all right. I mean, I like The Rock. I don't think The Rock is going to be winning Oscars anytime soon. Kind of plays The Rock, which is, but that's kind of what you want him for. So I don't mind The Rock. John Cena's funny in some things. Yeah. End of list? Question mark? Probably, yeah, probably. I mean, I think also, the, the, Hogan? the dude that played Bad Truck in Winter Soldier was an MMA fighter, I think. Oh. But, like, 
he had like two lines too. Well, yeah, but he he's there to have a fight with Chris Evans. Like that's not. <laughs> you didn't hire him to. I don't know. That just not everybody has to have. I know that's like the next step of or the top step of the ladder or whatever is to be a movie star, but it's not for everybody. Not everybody has to shoot for it. And I guess you got to find a way when you're done getting punched in the head, you got to find a way to make somehow. <laughs> so. Well, and I mean, I don't blame them for wanting to. I blame Hollywood for going, yeah, come, come on in. We'll, we'll find you something. So, yeah, so I don't know. She's not off. I mean, I can't speak to her as a human being, but as an actor, she's not the worst. She's not terrible. No. I think she should. Do I think she has any business being the lead of a film? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, she's charming ish. But not. Well, certainly not. A, this wasn't a big budget, you know, wide release. This was a fairly. I don't even know if it's had a theatrical release or not, so it's not like, you know. Uh, I know I had never heard of it before we watched it. <laughs> no, neither did I. Certainly not. But again, that would be like that would be if you looked at it and went, "Ooh, Gina Carano movie, I got it." Because there's no other. She's she's the poster. She's the headline. You know. That's kind of the only way that you would wind up watching it is if you were purposely trying to watch the new Gina. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure there's people who do that, but that couldn't be me. Enough about her. Enough about her. Yes. Let's get into the the story as it is. Um, well, before, sorry, one more thing before we move away from IMDb. Sure. Uh, I did want to just briefly talk about the fact that John Han is in this movie. Because I like him. Yeah, he's I mean, good. He's, he's good. I enjoyed him in the Mummy movies. And... This is a this is one of those cases to me like you see all over Mystery Science Theater where you've got a movie that is nothing special to bad and a full cast of people who are meh and then you've got one guy who's been in a bunch of stuff and is actually pretty good and he does all right but he doesn't save it you know. Yeah, he'll show up in stuff, and he's a nice, you know, utility player or whatever, but he's not. I mean, since I don't care about Gina Carano, and I don't think she's a terribly engaging lead, he's kind of who you have to focus on in this movie. Right. No one else in this movie is anyone you've ever seen before. <laughs> um, yeah, and I like him, but I, I can't hang the hat of the entire movie on him. I know. So... Well, and, and Ryan Robbins... I'm getting work. I like the guy. <laughs> and Ryan Robbins, who played the bad guy, Tom Jackson, like, I've seen him in stuff. I know I have, but I can't remember what. Beyond me. I just figured <laughs> to me, but... I didn't deep dive him in IMDb. I just took down his name. <laughs> Yeah, so it's the future, some point in the future, cloud fall has happened, which is like, you know, global warming and acid rain has turned into, everything's polluted, the water is no good, the air is no good. That's really ironic, actually, that Gina Carano is an anti-masker 
in real life. So this entire movie is about her. The entire plot of this movie is we need masks to survive because the air <laughs> this. So she can yeah. really learn nothing from making this film. Yeah, and, and, the air, I, and the air in this movie seems to be occasionally poisonous. Yeah, that was what the immediately three minutes into the movie it started falling the premise fell apart for me because they go on endlessly about how the air is poisoned and you have to wear masks and you have to have these filters made with powdered silver which is a new uh, like a huge commodity because you have to have them for the mask filters and anytime you see someone walking around outside in this movie they just kind of go puff puff and then take it off and they're fine they walk around for half an hour and get in fist fights and gunfights and run around breathing heavily and don't seem to need the masks. Well, yeah, and there are plenty of times that people are just walking around with no masks on at all. So it's a real picky and choosy uh, ecological disaster. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because they make, they front load it a lot. Like the first, there's opening narration at the beginning that's explaining it. And then her first whole scene is she's dragging this guy behind her horse on a coffin or in a coffin he doesn't have his mask so he's choking and coughing and she's got hers and she won't give him one and then it's kind of it's not dropped immediately after that but it becomes kind of like every 10 minutes maybe the screenplay is like oh remember how we need masks right <laughs> and because if you don't have a mask you'll get black lung yeah. Which in this movie translates to having chocolate syrup on your lip. <laughs> the one guy we see dying of this in bed has just the fakest, it's like black. Like, I know this wasn't a big budget movie, but fake blood is the cheap, like, yeah. Every high school kid who made a zombie movie in his backyard knows how to make corn syrup blood. Like, this is like, it's like black. It looks like it literally looks like Hershey syrup was poured on this man's face, and it's kind of funny. I got the black lung pop. <laughs> I mean, it looks tasty. <laughs> and she's yeah. Why is she? She this guy's sort of a not a friend of hers, but somebody she knows. Yeah. See, I. Around. I kind of got the feeling that she's he's somebody she beats up quite often for information. Well, his information. Or <laughs> Chavo is that? Yes. Let's let's get into the other premise of this. Here here's where I was willing to forgive a lot of this, but here's where it really fell apart for me. It's it's supposing a sort of Mad Max type of. Kind of, but, but, or actually sort of the direct opposite of Mad Max. Mad Max is everybody needs gasoline because everybody's driving cars. And in this one, it's if you drive a car, it is such a crime and such a sin that we will send bounty hunters after you and pay them in our our most dear commodity, water tab, purifying tablets and silver for our masks that we occasionally need. But the ecological disaster has already happened. There's not a lot of people left. There's not a lot of cars left. You are investing a lot of time and energy 
and resources into hunting down the, the 50 people left on the planet who were driving caught. Like, it's insane. It's an insane concept. Like, it would not, you have more important things to do right now. Man. I would be one thing if they're like, they're coming into your village and they're stealing your shit because they have a car and they can get away. But that's not it. It's just anytime you see someone, they have a car, get them. Which is, like, why? The damage is done. The economy is yeah. happening. The last 12 cars on Earth driving around is not going to make things worse. <laughs> why do you have to kill these people? It's crazy. So I didn't, I didn't get that at all. So yeah, so she she is a bounty hunter, trained to be a bounty hunter by this by John Hanna's character, this guy named Doc, who is now out of the game because he has like a knee injury or something. And yeah, she's trying to find this Chavo woman and her gang, because they're fossil burners. We gotta bring them in. And comes across them terrorizing a caravan of innocent people yeah these particular burners as they're called these particular motorists are bad guys like they're you know but they're kind of the only ones we see that are like oh they're actually causing trouble and they're not causing trouble because they have cars they're causing trouble because they're like murderous hillbillies. Like, yeah. not, they'd be doing this whether they had a car or not. Because they're not trying to steal gasoline from people and killing people to get gasoline to fuel their cars. They're killing people for the same silver powder and water purifying tabs that the bounty hunters are getting paid to track. Like, I just... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... <laughs> A whole lot of sense. And neither did Chavo's black, black teeth. <laughs> has to, for her, it has to be a choice. Because no one else in this movie, like if everyone in the movie was like, hey, the water's bad, so we never brush our teeth. Everybody has like disgusting black teeth. Cool. She's the only one. <laughs> the entire movie and the dozens and dozens of people that we see in this film She's the only one who has these gross black, like, obviously she rubbed charcoal on them, you know, the makeup people. She's the only one, which tells me she's doing it on purpose. Yeah, and they, they don't even look <laughs> rotten. They just look like they're colored black. Yeah, they look like she ate a charcoal briquette. <laughs> or eats one every day for breakfast. And just walks around like that. But she's the only one. So it can't just be, well, this is how the world is now. We all have black teeth. It's just her, which means, I don't know if it's supposed to be an intimidation tactic or. Yeah, I think they just wanted, as soon as she was on screen, they wanted you to know that's a bad guy. That's a bad guy. <laughs> it's not like her whole gang. We're not, it's the black tooth gang. Like, it's just her. <laughs> And she's walking around, and, and we can tell she has black teeth because she never has a mask on at all. No. And she's still able... The one, here's the one 
sort of big plus I will give this movie overall. <clears throat> it would be very easy and very tempting to make Gina Carano, star of this film, an unstoppable beast who beats the living crap out of everyone she meets easily and all of that. But not it. Every fight she's in, whether it's with a man or a woman much smaller than her, they put up a pretty good fight. Yeah. She almost loses every fight she's in, which I was good on her for letting them do that. Good on the screenwriters. And good on, you know, because it would have been very easy and tempting to just make her you know, have her be the rock and come in and be this unstoppable you know. <laughs> and she's not. She's very... not, I was going to say physically intimidating, but that's not what I mean, but just like her physical altercations with people are a lot closer fight than you would expect, probably. So I th actually thought that was good and interesting. Yeah, and it, it, in that respect, it kind of reminded me of what I what I always really liked about the, the Punisher series on Netflix, was the fact that he, yeah, he doesn't just go in and clean up and walk away unscathed all the time. He spends 80% of his screen time as a walking bruise. And they didn't go that far with this, but I mean, yeah, they weren't like, this chick never loses. No, and everyone knows her name and everyone's sort of scared of her. You know, they always know Gage is her name. We didn't say yeah. something Gage. Attica. Attica Gage. Attica Gage. <laughs> that kind of makes me wonder if she was a last-minute cast, like, if they had... Like, I don't see the role being written for her as Attica Gage. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if they had wanted a man. Because Attica Gage is a very strange name for a woman action character i don't know it's just like like that sounds a hundred percent like a warren ellis noir detective or something it does not sound like yeah. you know bounty i don't know i wonder if it wasn't written for someone else perhaps but i don't know but she catches she catches chavo she she kills all of chavo's gang sniper rifle from a distance Gets the drop on Chavo. They still have a fight. Beats Chavo. Kills Chavo, yes? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's very important to the plot. And um, I did get that far. <laughs> <laughs> and freeze. I think just, just the girls left, right? That Chavo was terrorizing. Because she shot the black guy, of course. Yeah, I think it was. It was, was just dead the... though. He was just like winged and laying on the ground rolling around. Mm. She saved everybody. I don't, I don't think you ever see any of that group again except for her, though. Yeah. It was just the, the young teenage girl that she saves. And so she... So done with that, she goes to pick up her bounty in the... strangely named town of New Montana. And the sign, the hand-painted sign as she's going into town, says, New Montana, population 24. 
that's delusions of grandeur. You could be buildings. You could be what's another city in Wyoming? I have no idea. Well, there's Gillette. New Gillette has 24 people. New Billings could have 24 people. New, the state of Montana has to have more than 24 people. It's <laughs> Montana. You know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's where she goes to pick up her bounty from a man who is the anthropomorphized anth- can I speak? Anthropomorph nope. Anthropomorphized <laughs> it's still wrong. You know what I'm trying to say. Concept of dad bod. <laughs> he is the idea of dad bod made into a person. Yeah. <laughs> looks exactly like like if you look up dad bod and the head that goes with it in Google, there will be a picture of this man. <laughs> He's not like, well, like a little ginger beard and like... And that's the last note for this movie that I have. <laughs> so... Like... Um, yeah, th- this guy is, I mean, straight off, as soon as you see him, they make very clear he's a douchebag. It looks he... like they're going to make out for a second. Like, they clearly don't get along, kind of, because she wants what was offered by the authorities to the bounty for travel, and he's like, oh, I only have half of it, they didn't send the rest, and she's like, well, that sounds like bullshit. And eventually gets him to cough up the silver as well as the the water purifying tabs that she was the bounty. Um, and they get, like, right, they lean over the desk at each other, and it, look, it really looks like they're going to kiss. <laughs> But then they didn't, so I thought that was just a weird framing of that shot because it was it was absolutely a rom com like their face close at the moment and then they just yelled at each other and walked away. I can't tell you anything about him. Yeah. Well, she goes. She goes to get. She has a conversation with Doc, her mentor, that since she's killed Chavo, no one knows what she looks like, and they suspect that no one knows what Chavo looks like either, she's going to pretend to be Chavo to infiltrate this Jackson guy's militia. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Chavo apparently is known to everyone by her hat. She has a yeah. like a cowboy, not a cowboy hat, but like what do you, what do they call those? Pork pie hat? Yeah. I don't know. No, not with a like, pork pie. No, not, not a, a pork not pie. a sombrero. Sort of like a it's that one that's like a cross between a sombrero and a fedora. Yeah. Like it's not a fedora. It's way wider brim than that, but it's not big enough to be a sombrero. Yeah, and it's got like a ace of spades playing card tucked in the brim, and that's how everyone knows her. Because even though. He walks around with no mask on. Right. Which is, Gage's whole point is, they don't know what I look like because I always have a mask on. Well, Chavo doesn't wear a mask. Like, every time we saw Chavo wear a mask, so everyone knows what Chavo looks like. They should. And I would think that... Immediately doesn't make any sense. And I would think that what everyone would remember her by is her horrible, horrible teeth. Yeah. (laughs) Not her hat. 
but yeah, well, that's just me. Who, did, who is that? Did you see me talking to that lady? Oh, the one with the hat? No! <laughs> the one whose teeth are made of black Mike Mikes. <laughs> or Good and Plenty, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> the gross part of Good and Plenty. That's what her face But no, apparently it's... Had a hat on? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't understand this plan whatsoever, but... Well, it, it all centers around the fact that this dude, Jackson, has, like, started a community for outlaws, for for fossil burners and just people that are outside of the law. Defiance. And so, yeah, Defiance is the name of the town. So if she were to go in and bring him down and bring in her people, it would be the biggest bounty ever. That's the that's the whole thing. And this guy's an egomaniac, and he doesn't have the balls to call his place New Wyoming. <laughs> it's yeah. just Dad Bod who's like, yeah, this is New Montana. Me and my eight neighbors <laughs> reforming, <laughs> redrawing the map. Jesus Christ. And what I, I found kind of funny was uh, was he he lays out this whole exposition plan for her about the biggest bounty ever to go get this guy like in in almost great detail and then as soon as she's like yeah that sounds like a good idea he's like no don't do it don't go like half-heartedly like trying to stop her (laughs) but not really (laughs) yeah he gives her the kind of gives her the plan and then's like but don't go it's dangerous (laughs) but then we don't have a movie so like uh, it was so, the the no don't go was so half hearted. Like I almost suspected that he was gonna turn out to be like the bad guy in the end, right? Was, like setting her up or something. This is exactly the movie that would have that turn where her ally turns out to be. But no, which is either no. I, guess, I guess kudos to them. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been way way too easy, but uh, just. Having him act this way it just seems so weird and contrary and out of nowhere for no reason. And so he sends her off with dynamite. Well, first we're introduced to Chekhov's, <laughs> Chekhov's sulfuric acid. Oh, yeah. Because she's sitting at the table and he's got like a, a little spinner spice rack, like a lazy Susan. And she's like smelling all the things on it for some reason. And he's like, careful with that. That's... What did you say? Molecular? It says concentrated acid. Concentrated acid. It'll burn right through your face. Like, oh no. And then they expect us to go, well, that'll never come up again. Yeah, that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's not much to it, right? She goes to Defiance. There's our first of two musical numbers for some reason. Yeah, two, and I could be wrong on this, I could be way off, but to me, seemed very, very obviously dubbed lip-syncing musical numbers. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's just the, it's the one girl singing in the bar. She's like the at the tavern or whatever. She's like the entertainment for the place. And they go, they go back to that well again later on. Um... I guess I wasn't paying enough attention to see if she was dubbing. It could be they hired an actress for 
you know, more her look than right her voice or whatever. I watched it, it made a movie last week that was dubbed, so <laughs> oh my well, man. Her, her uh, like her voice is so like breathy and raspy when she sings that like it made me look up, and I'm looking at the screen and I'm going, well, that doesn't really match. And not just like it didn't look like that voice should come out of her. It just it seemed off. Right. Bad ADR. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So she <laughs> she goes to the saloon and she's hanging out there. And these two guys walk in, and and she's drinking her what looked like a complimentary shot of Kahlua to me. Is what it looked sure. like. Yeah. Just like here on the house, and she drinks this thing that looks like chocolate milk. And these two guys walk in. It's black lung. And yeah. <laughs> it's two fingers of black lung. <laughs> they got Jimmy in the back. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. And so they just use your black lung. It's a trendy new thing. So these guys walk in and they look over at the bar where she's sitting. And the guy's like, hey, it's Chavo. He goes, well, how do you know? You can tell by the hat. <laughs> that's what that's exactly what i'm talking about that's the exact <laughs> conversation that should not be happening in this movie no <laughs> how do you know look at her fucked up grill <laughs> oh wait no that's not her unless she got some work done because she has perfect teeth well maybe but maybe she brushed her teeth no she doesn't do that <laughs> that's her whole fucking thing man <laughs> but no, it's the hat. Everybody knows that. Yeah. This is a western for some reason. Yeah. So, we're trying to find my place in my notes. Uh, it's not really sci. It's not really. Sci it's sci-fi in the fact that it's set in sort of a post-apocalyptic future, but it's not sci-fi. Like the cars are just cars the guns are just gun like they're not shooting laser guns or anything there's no running no. around so it's fairly silent yeah it's almost like yes it's speculation <laughs> it's like firefly if they hadn't had the budget to get off the planet they're they yeah, just it's, fire, it's firefly with with no ship <laughs> uh no actors you like <laughs> no humor But, uh, so one of the guys that are having this conversation about her hat is the villain, Tom, Tom Jackson, which just made me laugh out loud because your hero is Attica Gabe <laughs> and your yes. villain is Tom. Tom. Just Tom. My <laughs> imagine Jackson is supposed to evoke sort of Civil War... You know, because later on he has like a real Civil War kind of Confederate. <laughs> His <best>. band uniform. <laughs> yeah, he looks like he just walked in from the antebellum Black Parade. Like, <laughs> bad news. And he's got like Civil War like sabers on the wall. Mm -hmm. So he's a real. I don't know what. Wait, which really I thought did not go at all with his guyliner, but. You know, fashion choices of the future. See, okay, and Carrie was also not not really paying attention to it either. She was just kind of in the room as the movie was going. 
And I swear to God, the only time she ever spoke during the movie was, and I was looking at my phone by this point, and she goes, does that guy have eyeliner on? <laughs> I looked up, I'm like, he sure does. Which, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's uh, another strange character choice. Uh, it goes fine with the the leather armor he wears for most of the movie, but with his with his band uniform, it just kind of looked very very strange. Yeah, if it actually was the black parade uniform, it would, be <laughs> but it's not because it's like red and it's more like blue and gold. <laughs> yeah, with this. Yeah. At some point, we're gonna have to, I'm going to do a bonus episode at some point where you and me put our heads together and come up with a top twenty MCR song. Because at some point we're going to hit a movie that we just literally cannot talk about. <laughs> because there's just nothing to it. And we will spend the majority of the episode doing that instead. Surprise, everyone. <laughs> how, would you, how would we even do that? If you took all of this, like there's probably 50 some, maybe 60 MCR songs total. And I know people are listening to this probably and going, top 20, like, top five, I can see being hard. A top 20, no, a top 20 would be difficult. Yeah. Top 20 I, MCR songs would be difficult. Don't at me. No, I, I, I couldn't start to rate them. It, this is going to take me a lot of work because they don't, I, I can't think of a bad song or even a mediocre song. There's a couple songs that are like, yeah. like okay, There's a couple maybe, songs I would but, take off the, off the board immediately. But, yeah. welcome to MCR cast, everyone. <laughs> no, but just anything's more interesting to talk about than this movie. We'll come back to that. Get back to that. So, yeah, MCR is he, great, everybody. Yes. He, uh, so Tom, like, challenges it through a friendly game of cards for tabs and things, and they wind up tying somehow because there's apparently six tens in this deck they're playing with. I don't know how that happens, but they wind up with the exact same hand. Yeah, it seemed like he, yeah, this is when he was like, cool, you're part of the gang now, Chavo. And it seemed like she was hired solely for her ability to cheat as good as he does. Because <laughs> they're both, at least one of them is cheating. Probably both, because they have the exact same hand, a full house tens and sixes, which is impossible. So it seemed like instead of getting mad, like, hey, you cheat, he was like, no, nah, I'll see. Yeah. It, it struck me as that old undercover cop gangster movie trope of, ah, I like your moxie. You're in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so then we cut back to uh, New Montana, where uh, the sheriff. Sheriff Grubbs is his name, the, the little dad bod guy. Uh, he's putting together a, po a posse because he's going to go after Jackson. And Doc's there at the meeting. He's like, I don't think you want to do that. And he's like, no, no, we got this. Me and my three friends here. We're going to go take out this entire town. See, and okay, uh, what was the name of the guy that she was dragging around in the, in the comp? Womack. Womack? Womack. All right, that's not that crazy. No. I was just trying to put together, I was trying to connect the dots to see if everyone had a crazy name except for 
<laughs> yeah, because his right-hand man henchman guy, his name is Lear, which doesn't seem so much like a name as like like how people describe him because he's doing it all the time. There's like a shot when they're partying at the bar where he's just like just eye-banging Tom's girlfriend from across the room. Yeah, I guess it depends on how it's spelled, because there's Norman Lear, there's, you know, Lear can be a last name, probably not two E's. But that's not that crazy. It would just be, it would be funnier if everyone had an Atticus Gage type name, except for Tom Gage. (laughs) (laughs) Chavo isn't exactly, you know, Linda. and And who, I mean... Maybe that's a code name or something. Because Chavo denotes to me a pretty specific ethnicity. And our black tooth Chavo is the the whitest of white ladies. <laughs> she's not yeah. she's clearly not Hispanic of any sort. So I don't know where she got that name. The names in this film are So yeah, so we see Attica trying to befriend Tom's girlfriend. His name is Milana. Milena? Milana? Melina. Something like that. I can't read my writing. And there's this particularly crappy shot of a CGI sky where it's all like boiling and green. The clouds, but it just looks like it's horrible. It's not even sci-fi channel level special effects for that. Yeah, and the, the the opening, the beginning narration stuff describing it was all stock footage. It was like, oh, <laughs> it was stock footage, like news footage of, like they didn't film anything. Which I mean, lots of movies do that. That's not that big a deal. But they clearly didn't have the budget to actually film any sort of weather effects or you know, which is. I mean, that's fine, too, I guess. It's just interesting to note that the one time they did have to manufacture their own weather, it looked like hot trash. (laughs) And so she tries to convince uh, Milana that she, you know, because she can see that they've got kind of an abusive relationship. And she's like, you know, you could just leave. And she's like, no, I couldn't leave even if I wanted to. And that kind of goes somewhere later on, but it mostly just gets dropped. I mean, yeah, she can't leave. She's back on to sing in, in 10 minutes. <laughs> I have another scene, you know. <laughs> and then back in uh, New Montana, Doc's trying to talk the sheriff down from his little posse raid. And of course, he's not listening. So then, right about the time the posse's headed that way, uh, Attica runs into this guy named Z, who apparently knew Chavo, and tries to like hide her face. It does not succeed, and he's he tries to extort sexual favors out of her to keep his mouth shut. And she knifes him in an alley, like you do, and uh, but like two seconds later, the raid starts such as it is with the three guys that came along. And 
they all get wiped out pretty quickly, except for the sheriff. And she comes out of hiding and the sheriff's there. She can see he's about to talk, so she puts a bullet in his head. So that's two guys in less than two minutes that she has to kill to keep this flimsy little I'm Chavo charade going. So the, and, the and, plan's clearly not well, and going so what? Are we even clear on what the mode, like, what is the purpose of her infiltrating this militia to disrupt it from inside? Is it just reconnaissance? Is she? No, as I understood, she was just supposed to go in, grab Tom, take him in for a bounty. I don't know why she's sticking around the town for a week and a half. Like that, <laughs> there's no, no I guess maybe she's trying reason. to ingratiate herself to him so she can get him alone and away from his guards and stuff so she can abduct him. Maybe. Instead, yeah. definitely not explained very well. But she, it drags on quite a bit too long for that. <laughs> for that. And so... She winds up sneaking into Tom's office late at night and finding this map that he has to a silver mine up in the hills somewhere and figures out he's got this plan to, like, control all the silver in the area. And at this point, yeah, Tom... Yeah, and I, I assume that he has taken this... He and his militia have taken this silver mine from... It's original owners or something. Otherwise, what is... I mean, if this guy has a silver mine at his disposal, he's not coming for your silver. Leave him alone. <laughs> he has his yeah. own supply. He does, he's not going to come and steal yours unless the idea is, oh, he has all the silver. We need to steal it from him. <laughs> so maybe he's the good guy in this movie after all. No, it goes back to your original point. Is They're just after him because... He's driving a car. And <laughs> so crazy. You're talking to this man and working out some kind of trade deal. He has all the silver you need. You should be trying to become his friend and move into, unless he's riding roughshod. You came to him and raided his place. He didn't come to New Montana and kick over your sandcastle. But we're told he's the bad guy, so he's the bad guy. But I don't think, I mean, he's a bad guy. He's not a nice man. But for the purposes of the plot, I don't understand why he's the bad guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. And, like, during her stay there, she does kind of discover more sinister plot of his where he's he's found out that there's this caravan of innocent people traveling through the area and he and his guys are going to go hijack him kidnap him and turn him into slave labor in the mine so I, that that's a bad guy okay he's a bad but, but up until then she didn't know that unless that's a thing that he's done a bunch of times before maybe i don't know oh. i didn't mean that but it's, it's so. possible <laughs> and during all of this mixed in all along this whole thing that I haven't mentioned until now, Attica keeps having these these dreams that are nightmares or flashbacks of her sister being. They say I mean they just show her being abducted, but she says she was killed, and it's just like brief little ten second flashes 
and like it's one of those things that you've seen so many times in movies as soon as you see it you're like oh she's connected with the bad guy this is going to come back around and so yeah at least to me it was i as soon as she started having these nightmares i'm like oh okay the 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 bad guy killed her sister okay and as it turns out that's what it is oh well yeah (laughs) and at some point and here's when i jerked my head up from the phone to look at the tv again was i heard the word rape at some point yes yeah she was lear got suspicious as to how that z guy got killed and she's she's oh she says i killed him because he he was he was gonna rape me in the alley you know okay I see. No, I just I heard that word in isolation, and I was like, "That's that caught my attention because that's a real <laughs> spice to dust over the top of you." Like, we don't need that in this movie. No. So, but it wasn't an actual. That's the excuse she. No. So, okay. Okay. But yeah. So she winds up seeing this bite mark on Tom's arm, which she remembers like it's a huge scar, and she <laughs> remembers that her sister because her sister was a land shark. Right. <laughs> She, yeah, she left a, 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 a look when they show it on his arm in the present day. Like, it looks like he, she just bit him. Yeah. Like, it's that perfect and, of a scar. And she's a chud. <laughs> like, she has powerful Rottweiler jaws because it's, it's a crazy bite mark and it's pretty fresh <laughs> and it's dumb. <laughs> and it's dumb yeah because in the the flashbacks you can tell Attica's like like 11 years old when all this happened and now she's in her you know late 20s early 30s and that yeah it looks like she her sister just bit him that day and so that's there's that so they had to bring it around to oh she's got a personal reason to want to kill this guy well, you need that. I mean, that's screenwriting. Yeah. I can get behind that. It's just handled clumsily. <laughs> I don't know. Let's, my point is just how many times have we seen that, you know? There's a lot of filler and, and, and stuff. Let's let's speed ahead to the... Because I'm talking about the movie already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know, I'm a bad, I'm a bad podcast. Can you... Look, I chose, I chose to get random-ass movies. And sometimes... <laughs> They're the Dark Crystal, and sometimes they're scored stirs, and I can't be bothered to talk about it, but it's my job. Not my job. It's the thing I like to do, but I, there's a limit even for me. So, the wind up <laughs> the confrontation is at the Silver Mine, yes? Yes. Well, they... She comes up with this plan, with, or... Oh, wait, no. I do want to talk about one thing real quick. Please. Um, so, Womack shows up, tips off Lear. They they capture her. They go, okay, we know what you're, who you really are, all this stuff. <laughs> They beat the crap out of her. They give her to Womack. He drags her behind a truck in a coffin. Oh, yeah. Like, way, way out of off town. a cliff. He pushes the coffin off a cliff. And as it's falling down the cliff, you can see it shattering to pieces. With no one inside of it. Well, yeah, with no one inside. <laughs> Clearly no gets, one inside of it. No. And it, it bounces off a good six, seven gigantic red jagged boulders. And she gets down to the bottom... And she, lo- I mean, she looks beat up, but she somehow manages to crawl 
all the way back to New Montana to Doc's house just before running out of string when she should her skull should be a, a smash jack-o-lantern yeah yeah <laughs> but, even letting that <laughs> even giving that the sort of benefit of the doubt just the fact that you can clearly see in the shot as the coffin is tumbling down this this jaggedy cliff it breaks up it breaks open <laughs> there's no one in there Yes. And then it cuts to the guy who pushed it, and when it cuts back, it's a full coffin again. <laughs> yeah. I think the editor was a little asleep at the wheel on that one. And so Doc stitches her up and suctions out her black lung. I didn't know that was a possibility, but, like, she got black lung crawling home, and he just, like, sticks a tube down her throat and sucks it out, and she's fine. And so they come up with this plan... Where they do like a montage of gear and, and training and, and target practice and stuff to to go back to uh, crap. What is the name of the town? <laughs> the bad guy town. Defiance. Defiance and and take down Tom together. So he shows up with the empty coffin ruse. And pulls it out of the back of the truck. They shoot it full of holes. There's nobody in it. She's strapped in under the truck and falls down and starts shooting people. They take out, like, all of his guys except for Lear and Tom. Tom takes off in his truck to the mine. Doc is left to deal with Lear, who shoots him in the back. And she jumps on a horse. Well, but that's where our that's where our Chekhov's acid finally pays off. Yes. Yeah. He throws he it in Lear's... Hey, he pulls the old, can I have one last drink? I need a drink as I'm dying. He's like, yeah, sure. He pulls out a sports bottle, squirts <laughs> it in his face, clearly splashing it all over himself. Yes. In the shot. Doesn't do a damn thing to him. But eats through Lear's whole head or something. Well, and don't, so... Don't, don't mix that up. Like, if... <laughs> If you bring in the bottle full of acid, that better be the only bottle you're bringing. <laughs> you're being like a really identifiable container. Because you want to, here's my canteen. Glug, glug. Oh. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. So she hops on a horse and takes off after Tom and catches up pretty easily for riding a horse. Like, he's just getting out of his truck, and she comes riding up. Which, you know, it's whatever. Uh, but I suppose horses can handle terrain and, so, you know, that a truck can't handle. He has to kind of stay on the path of the road, and she can... Well, yeah. Kind of like how Jason can walk through the woods <laughs> very, very slowly and catch people who are running at top speed. Because reasons. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, so they, They're so they scared they a... ran in a circle or something. I don't know. <laughs> I was well, oh, okay. Here I'm gonna. They always trip you, once. Well, for sure. I don't know if you. I don't know if I ever told you this story or not. We're gonna take a little diversion here because who cares about sports? Sure. Um, when I was a teenager, older than this, you would think from hearing this story. Um, my best friends in junior high school, Trevor and Zach, and Sasha. <laughs> yeah. Got in a debate one day. 
Trevor was a huge Friday 13th. I was more of a Nightmare on Street guy, but he loved him. Well, he actually loved Leatherface the best, but he loved Jason. And he was trying to say, yeah, of course, Jason can just walk and catch people who are running. And we're like, why? And he's like, no, just because. We're like, well, let's test this then. We're going to go to the soccer field. And Zach is going to, or no, Trevor, you're going to run. And Trevor was a big dude. Like Trevor was like a almost 400 pounds. You're going to run as fast as you can. And Zach is going to walk. We'll see if he can catch you. So Trevor takes off as fast as he can. And Zach walked about 30 feet before he went, well, I'm never going to fucking catch him. And came back. <laughs> and Trevor ran, I don't know how far, but it took half an hour to get back. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, you were supposed to be following me. Ah! <laughs> You idiot! <laughs> I'd love to say that happened when I was nine years old, but we were probably like 14. <laughs> no excuse for the story that's stupid. <laughs> but hey, at least we weren't doing dumber stuff than that. Hey, I mean, now Mythbusters do that on a regular basis, so you guys weren't that dumb. They've never done one that dumb, have they? <laughs> I mean, that no, one should not, not get that past. Dumb. That one shouldn't get past the season planning meeting. Well, what do we have? <laughs> so that one, you can actually swing around a light pole on a tether. We're gonna see if a chick will fly through an airplane windshield, and we're gonna see if one guy running can get caught by one guy walking. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on that episode. Because <laughs> we gotta know the results. <laughs> Oh boy. Anyway, so, yeah. they fight so in, they... They fight in the mine. It's a pretty decent fist fight. She lights some dynamite. He... Actually, he lit the dynamite. He lit the is... dynamite. And then for him because he has one of those pop out knives that pops out of your sleeve, that's like strapped to your wrist, and he tries to stab her with it and gets stuck in the uh, like a beam in the mine and he can't get it out. So she leaves him behind. I'm sure she has some snazzy one-liner that I don't remember. Yeah, I think so, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't. She leaves him behind, and runs out of the cave, the mine, just as it explodes behind her, just like it should in an action movie. And and she flies through the air. (laughs) Explosion behind her. Definitely not the cool. Like I'm not even gonna look back at the explosion. Cool lock. Like (laughs) just. And good for her. She would have got blown up. And that's like yeah. it, right? And it's her yeah, and she's riding off into the sunset. Yeah, she goes off, goes back to the town and finds Doc and says, oh, you're going to be okay. And they, she puts him on a, a stretcher and is pulling him behind the horse. And they do the whole uh, buddy cop, lethal weapon, whatever. They're driving off into the sunset away from camera and you still get to hear their banter as they joke with each other, not very funnily. Just like you've seen in so many buddy cop movies. Sure. I thought that was a very (laughs) strange choice because there was no humor in the rest of this movie. But at the end, they're like, we're going to do a big old joke. Ish. (laughs) Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. It's kind of a real, real shrug. Real shrug. Yeah. It was a, meh. 
not, I mean, there's worse ways to spend an hour and a half, but I absolutely would not recommend. There's also eight gazillion better ways to spend an hour and a half. Like, it's not, not worth your time, really. No, I can genuinely say without thinking about it twice, if the button hadn't picked this movie, I never would have seen it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Speaking of the button, you got anything else to say before I push this magic button and see what for next week? Nah, no. Just uh, glad to come back on and look forward to next time. Yeah, next time I have a subpar <laughs> movie, I'll give you a call. Uh, <laughs> maybe we'll have a good one someday. We'll see. But I think the problem is a good movie will just be like, yeah, that was cool. On this part, that was cool too. Like, I don't know. It's hard to. Mock. I, I think I think I could put as much effort into praising things that are awesome and moments that are cool as I do into mocking crap. Sure, but is that funny? <laughs> no, probably not. Is this funny? <laughs> well, I guess the audience will decide. The twenty to thirty people who listen to this every week. I've got us a couple more. I've been. Yeah. Spread the word. Thanks, yeah. man. Uh, all right, time to push this button. Uh, drum roll, please. What in the? Okay. Um. I. This is gonna be. Okay. The world's oldest bridesmaid. The world's oldest living bridesmaid, starring Donna Mills. It appears to be a CBS TV movie. Ninety. It's on Amazon Prime. So, I think I have the perfect guess for this, actually. I have a snarky, not a teenager anymore, she's 21, but a, a snarky young woman who's into fashion. Oh, she, tell me it's Katie Jane. It is Katie Jane. Oh. I think I'll yes. have to get Katie Jane on here, and um, she probably has some things to say about, I probably won't have to say anything. She'll probably go on an hour and a half long tirade about <laughs> 90s fashion from before she was born, hair and, and clothing options, but... Um, yeah, that might be a fun one. I guess we'll find out. It looks like, yeah, it looks like it's kind of sort of a, like a proto-Lifetime movie. Lifetime movie before there was a Lifetime channel, probably? <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know when Lifetime started. But. So that'll be for next week. Uh, where can people find you, sir? Um, uh... Twitter, I am at nerd underscore shirt. I am Project Nerd Shirt on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I do also have a YouTube channel, but I haven't put anything on it in like a year, so. Well, then don't mind. <laughs> Me, you can find at Keith Lambert 78 on Twitter. The pod itself is at that's so random P2. For some reason, I don't know why. And then, uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, the pod, the pod has an email that's so random pod at gmail.com. Make sure there's two S's in there because it's that's so random. Um, and what else I'm gonna say? You can, uh, a good review is always helpful. Um, 
or rate us, subscribe, all that business you've heard everyone on YouTube say. I usually forget to do that if you do that, so then maybe I should get better about that. But I don't know. It's going to make any difference. But I think that's it. Um, time to go find out how this election went. Just cross your fingers. And uh, if we're all still alive, we'll be back next week for the, uh, or I will anyway. The world Thanks. I had, I had forgotten. Now I'm sweating. Uh, <laughs> world's oldest bridesmaid next week. Have a good week, everybody.